What's up, friends? Welcome to a new year of Maybe You're Like Me. Uh, this is pretty great. Welcome to 2024. Hopefully everything's going well for you as 2024 is kicking off. And I was thinking as we start this brand new year, who is somebody that could be so helpful as we're all stepping into our new goals and our dreams and trying to figure out what a brand new year looks like. And Natalie Frank is the absolute best person. This whole episode is full of inspiration and motivation to get you kicked off and going in your brand new year. And she is just a rock star. You're going to love this episode. And do your friends a favor and share this episode of Maybe You're Like Me because it is so inspirational and so good. Everyone needs to hear at least something in this episode. And do me a favor and leave a great review wherever you podcast. It helps a ton. All right, let's kick off a brand new year of Maybe You're Like Me. Natalie, welcome to Maybe You're Like Me. How are you doing today, friend? I'm doing well. How are you? You know, I'm doing so good. I'm just, I'm I'm feeling it. You know, this is fun. Um, actually, if I'm going to be honest with everybody here, I haven't recorded a podcast episode in uh, a little while or longer than normal. And so like, I'm like, I'm a little itchy. I'm like getting back in the saddle. What's going on? <laughs> so, but it, it works out great because I've got a great guest like you. And so this is going to be easy. Yeah, we're going to have fun. Um, sometimes uh, you, uh, you've recorded a podcast episode or two probably where you're like, it's pulling teeth to get somebody to talk to you. But in the three minutes and 33 seconds that we've been talking already, uh, you are a gem. So this is going to be a good time. <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah, we're going to have fun. We're going to have fun. Oh, man. So you are up in the great state of Maryland, I believe. And I am down here in the great state of Florida. And so we got some weather disparities. But outside of that, you're actually wearing a, uh, a coat right now. I am wearing a T-shirt. Um, so... You know, it's just, it's the most wonderful time of year. Oh yeah. So. <laughs> I had to come into my, my little space here and turn on the radiator and I didn't give myself mm -hmm. even enough time. So I was like, hopefully I can warm it up before the interview and not look like, you know, the Michelin man, like bundled up and I've got my, <laughs> my warm, but no, no radiator is old, uh, very historic little space here that mm. we've got. And, um, yeah, I'm showing up in all of my frigid Northeastern glory here bundled. <laughs> oh, no, you look great. You look great. Actually, on the opposite side of that, I've got a uh, a box fan, not a box Stop. fan, but like a tower fan in my office. And like right before you jumped on the call, I turned it off. I was like, I don't want fan noise the whole time. That's so, funny. so I'm currently sweating. Um, let's not I don't want to get into it, but it's <laughs> it's not good. So there is sweat in places there should not be. So <laughs> Welcome to Maybe You're Like Me. This has already gone off the rails. This is going to be a good day. Um, so, okay. So on the podcast, it's Maybe You're Like Me. And so the thing is this, we see people and we see celebrities and influencers and um, uh, Star Wars characters. I don't know. We just see these people and you imagine that their life is like carefree and that they've got it all put together. Right. And if I'm honest with you, like looking at your Instagram feed, I'm like, this lady, she's got it figured out. I need to like take some, some tips and pointers from her. And so we see people through these filters and stuff, but on the podcast, my whole goal is to maybe get to know you a little bit better and not to like take you down a peg. Like she's not perfect. And that she sweats or smells sometimes, but that maybe we're all a little bit more alike than we ever knew before. And so uh, 
before we get to any of that stuff, let's figure out who you are. So uh, not business stuff, but who is Natalie? Who is like personal Natalie? Yeah. Personal Natalie is a nerdy mom of two who Yo. is, I mean, it's the truth. It really is. Mm-hmm. I, I, for a long time, I spent my, my life, my younger years trying to pretend that I wasn't. And we can get into that, you know, at some point, but as I grew into becoming an adult, I realized that, no, I'd rather be a nerd, even if it means that I don't fit in, than spend my life trying to be somebody else in order to fit in in spaces where those folks wouldn't accept me if they really knew how nerdy and quirky and awkward I, I was. Um, I actually was having that conversation with my best friend, Jess, last night. Um, so yeah, I'm a nerdy mom of two. I'm married to my high school sweetheart. He was my first boyfriend, first kiss. Uh, at 15 years old. And we have been together for 17 years. We uh, live in my hometown of Annapolis, Maryland. I'm rooted here because my grandfather and my father were both Naval Academy graduates, one um, an aeronautical engineer, my dad, a nuclear engineer. And I grew up in this big family full of science nerds. But despite being a nerd myself, I have always been really creative. And so you know, a lot of my life has been trying to figure out how to blend these two parts of me, the side that loves science and data and the side that uh, has always craved creativity and just really appreciated the arts and people within our culture that make things, build things, whether it's a business or right they're they're artists by nature and finding spaces where we can celebrate that. That's like me, me, like truly okay. peeling it back that that's who I am. Woo. If you were Shrek, you would have layers like an onion. I'm an onion. Um, yeah, I'm an onion. Yeah, she's an onion. Um, okay, so, all right. So we just talked about like how, like, so that's that's the you at the core of you. But yeah. um, if we're going to get past the layers, I mean, and the filters and all that stuff that everyone sees on the internet, let's go ahead and start with those. So like, mm-hmm. if you were to meet somebody new and like you were elevator pitching Natalie and you wanted people to be super impressed with you, like flex on us real quick. Everybody listening at the end of this is going to be like, holy cow, this woman is amazing and she's never sneezed. Like, give us that. Oh, gosh. Well, I hate flexing. I really do. However, with the challenge in front of me, um, I am, (laughs) you know, I'm a USA Today bestselling author. I've written two traditionally published books. I have created multiple companies and sold um, one of those companies to a tech startup several years ago. I've been a small business owner who worked her way into the tech space and uh, now, today, I am the head of community at Flowdesk, where I lead our marketing and communications team, while also still nurturing a community of small business owners around the world. I'm the co-founder of the Rising Tide Society, which is a 501c3 nonprofit that is now independently led by said small business owners. Um, yeah, and I, I've, you know, I'm 33, so I've done quite a lot in that amount of time. <laughs> I will also say as a flex... And not so much a flex as I feel like um, perhaps it's a part of me I should have mentioned in the first question, but it's something that I do talk about alongside those things that's relevant. I, um, you know, I'm an infertility warrior and a benign brain tumor warrior. I was diagnosed with a benign brain tumor in my 20s. I went through neurosurgery six years ago. I, at my five-year mark, had a clean MRI scan, which meant no recurrence of my brain tumor, which is a pretty big deal. Um, and that's kind of the the glory side, right, that the world sees. But going back yeah. to it too, like I'm someone that's accomplished all of those things while navigating chronic illness. And um, mm. I have become more open about that now in my 30s than I ever was in, in my 20s. And so, 
yeah. Tell me where to send the bill for therapy because this is, um, Oh man, we went deep pretty fast. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> deep pretty fast. <laughs> I'll, I'll, we'll get it. We'll get it back to light in a second. Yeah, Don't worry yeah. about it. We we're going to do it there. Yeah. See, so this is what I love about this stuff. So I, I genuinely, the way I found you to even talk to you was, uh, I was on the Instagram of somebody that I really admire. Uh, you, John Acuff, you oh. guys are, uh, you guys have talked. I love and John. So the, if like, if there was, if I had a Mount Rushmore of people that I want on this podcast, eventually he's definitely up there. Um, it's him, uh, Martin short, uh, uh, Jesus. And I don't know if we're going to get that third one, but like, there's just a lot, like there's some like really good people up there. Um, but the, Oh, so you guys had a conversation and I got to listen to the conversation. I was like, who is this lady? Oh. And, um, and so, and then, so once you find somebody like that, you do a deep dive and the, like the flex side of you, I was like, this, this lady's got it figured out. She's got a beautiful family, beautiful husband, um, just kissing in at 15 years old. <laughs> um, and, uh, but like, so I see that side of you, but then like, there's also like, I love, and please don't take this the wrong way. Like, I love it that you're a human too. Yeah. And so that, yeah. um, that even in the midst of all of the things that on the outside appearance seem like you've got it all together, there's still a human back there who you're feeling pain and you're, you're going through stuff. And I would imagine that every now and again, that, um, you and your husband are, like these kids are driving us crazy today or any, any of the above right. and that it's not just all the filtered version. So, um, and this, I'll give you the address for the therapy bill. Good. So Good. it is not cheap. <laughs> we do not take copays. Um, so, um, that's another way I found you again is through, uh, you've written a book recently called mm -hmm. gutsy. And so, um, there's people out there, especially cause like we're starting this new year off, it's 2024. Yeah. And, um, like the message of your book, when you uh, wrote back saying that you would be on the podcast, I was so excited just because like, this is the perfect time, the perfect space for a, uh, a podcast about uh, the stuff that you've been thinking about. So uh, tell us about gutsy. And, um, if, again, if you want to elevator pitch it, you can, but, uh, it's super helpful, especially in this season of uh, trying to start something new or trying to take a courageous step. So tell us about gutsy. Yeah. So this book is a book all about learning to live with bold, brave and boundless courage. What the heck does that mean? You know, I, I really, <laughs> I'm serious. I think people hear that and they're like, okay, courage. So what, what this book really though is about is the fact that every single one of us has something that we are called to do, that we are created and uniquely equipped to do, whether we realize it now or not, whether our lives we're so clearly directed in that way or perhaps directed in a way in which we've experienced multiple failures that have uniquely prepared us for our greatest success. And in my work specifically with small businesses over the last decade and a half in my life, I've come to realize that, you know, it is not failure that keeps so many people from doing that thing they were created to do, but rather it is fear. That fear is the mm. very thing that we don't realize we've placed into the driver's seat of our lives until it's too late. And so I wrote Gutsy as a way for us to DIY our way into understanding what those fears are, bringing in some of that psychology, some of that neuroscience that addresses it head on in a very non-self-help wooey way that we're maybe used to. I, there's a couple of places in Gutsy where I say, you know, self-help authors everywhere are just mad at me right now because, you know, <laughs> I, I called a couple of things out. I start the book off by saying, look, if anyone's ever told you to stop worrying about what other people think, you can't. 
Your brain is wired to care about the opinions of others. And that's a feature. It's not a bug, right? It's by design. And let's talk about why. Now that we've established that, let's talk about how we can go do the darn thing anyway, how we can live that, that bold life that we know we are being led to live. And the last thing I'll say on this, you know, is that I've come to realize not only in my work with some of the most ambitious, like I really think of small business owners. I'm not just saying I'm a mama bear for them. I, I really think that our, our world is shaped by people who uh, are willing to create magic out of nothing, who see opportunity mm-hmm. everywhere, who decide not to be, you know, um, just a continuation of their circumstances, but realize through their unique perspective, brilliance, talent, creativity, willingness to work hard, whatever it is, that they're going to do something different with their lives. And I have had this really incredible privilege to know tens of thousands of people like this personally. And in doing that, I realized that, you know, they're also not immune to these fears, right? Like we, we sometimes think, oh, these big dreams are meant for other people, or we might feel something placed on our heart to write a book, to start a podcast, whatever it is. But we just assume it's meant for somebody else or we see somebody else doing it. And like your entire thesis of this podcast is all about, we think, well, they've got it figured out. And obviously there's something wrong with that desire that's on my heart. There's That can't be for me. I can't possibly be, you know, like for me, it's always like God can't be pushing me in this direction. There's no way. Like that's for somebody else. That's for Johnny Cuff, right? Like he knows what he's doing, not me. Um, but yet what I have found is that uh, very often those voices, and as John would call them soundtracks, but those voices, the, those narratives that we've placed in our own way uh, are are easy to rewrite if we're willing to do the work. We just have to be yeah. willing to do the work. And so Gutsy gets into that and kind of walks you through a step-by-step on how to uh, live more boldly and be more gutsy. Uh, everyone at home, if you are listening to this and not watching this uh, that entire time, uh, my face it hurts right now from smiling so big because that's the stuff that i i think about and i feel and i hope for not only myself but for my friends you know mm-hmm. and so you you call yourself a mama bear for small business owners and because that there's so much imposter syndrome and fear and doubt that goes into any creative step forward and so um I, and this might sound strange to you or it, it probably will hit home for you that that theme has been a recurring theme for this entire podcast of just taking that best next step or just yeah. trying. And uh, the thing that I've been thinking about a lot recently too, is that like, I'm, if I take a swing at something, it's not the last swing I get to take at something. And so, um, because I put the pressure on myself, you've probably done it to yourself too, that, mm-hmm. that if this is, this is my moonshot and yeah. there is uh, so many steps to getting to the moonshot that I just want to skip straight ahead and just yeah. do the big one. But no, I know. Can I share a story about this real quick? Because yep. you mentioned swing and it immediately sparked something for me. So I, I meant I talk about this story in gutsy, but um, you know, I, as I mentioned, you know, small business background, I kind of fell into the tech world through selling a company. And it was never my desire, but I end up in a tech company anyway. And it's a tech company that supports small business of all things. However, I'm in this company and we find out we're getting a brand new CMO, a chief marketing officer. And I'm absolutely terrified because first of all, I never wanted to have a boss. I never wanted to work for a company. Here I am doing it and trying Mm -hmm. to figure out how to be unemployable and in an organization. 
another story for another day. But we get this new boss and he's kind of a big deal, right? Like he has worked for some companies you might've heard of like Google, change.org. Barack Obama follows him on Twitter. Like he's done a lot in his life. He's a pretty legitimate figure. I'm shaking in my boots. So are all of the members of, you know, the marketing team, including us leads. And he comes in the room. I'll never forget our first marketing meeting. And he sits us down. We're all intimidated as I very clearly laid out. He looks at us and he goes, does anyone know how many swings on average it takes for a major league baseball player to hit a home run? Mm. We all go silent. And in my head, I'm thinking this is one of those interview questions. This is the make or break moment. Like I've heard about questions like this. They ask at Harvard where you wouldn't possibly know the answer, but they want to see how you think. And so my brain's going, remember math. How do I do math? And, <laughs> you know, he kind of cuts us off because he can see all of us floundering. And he says, you know, the actual number is, is not the point. He says the point is that even for Major League Baseball players, the best of the best, the ones that are getting paid millions of dollars to do the very work that they do every day on the field, it takes a lot of swings at bat to even hit the ball. And when they hit the ball, it very rarely ends up in a home run. And we're talking about the best of the best. So you're never going to hit a home run if you're not willing to get up and swing the bat, knowing that Mm. you're more likely to fail than you are to succeed, knowing that the odds are not in your favor, but you're going to get up and you're going to swing and you're going to swing and you're going to swing and you're going to keep swinging because you know that one day, you know, that, that bat will make contact and one day you will figure out the next success. And it transformed everything for me. He meant it from a place of psychological safety on the team, encouraging us to take risks and experiment and right. Like for me, it it reached even deeper than that. It really felt, you know, like this is sort of an anthem for our lives, whether we're creatives, whether we're starting a business, whether we're parents, like you have a bad day as a parent, things don't go the way that you expect. And I love it. You're like, some days you just, you're like, the kids are driving us crazy every day. Um, every day, right. There's that moment. (laughs) I'm in the toddler years. Let's be honest. There's that moment. And yet, you know, I often think to myself, I really wish I would have parented differently. I wish I would have kept Mm. my cool in that moment. Why didn't I, right. Like continue my, my, uh, what do they call it? Like, um, Oh gosh, like quiet parenting, calm parenting, loving parenting, whatever the term is. I'm like, why didn't I do that? I snapped. I shouldn't have snapped. And you can easily then allow that negative, you know, thought pattern to become a soundtrack to spiral into something that really shapes the way you perceive yourself in whatever role, instead of saying, all right, today I struck out, but that's okay Mm -hmm. because I'm not going to make that same mistake again. I learned. Yeah. Tomorrow I'm going to get back up at bat. I'm going to be the best parent, the best professional, the best leader, whatever it is that I can be. I'm going to keep swinging. And so there's something about that that I just hope that story, someone needed to hear that today. I hope that story resonates. Um, by the way, that incredible <laughs> manager who turned out to be one of the best mentors that I've ever had in my life, Dan oh. Visnick, um, grateful for him. And I uh, credit him with, with that lesson because it really did shape me. Yeah, absolutely. That was incredible. Uh, man. Uh, I honestly, we could stop the podcast here. If you're at home and you stop now, like, I hope you've gotten something from this already because Natalie, you are a delight. All right. Oh, I got goosebumps. It's time to, we got to get into this though. Natalie, Let's quit distracting it. me with your Sorry. amazing words and great stories. <sighs> How dare you, ma'am? How dare you? All right. So I, I like to do the podcast in a couple of rounds. And so it's not all therapy. Some of it is fun. Cool. And so, um, I, uh, so in this kind of conversation, uh, you got to start somewhere. And so uh, the first round, I like to call it the first date round, because when you're on a first date, 
you want to ask the right kind of questions. Uh, you haven't been on a first date in Ever. a hot minute. Yeah. Um, neither have I. So um, <laughs> it's been a while. And so, uh, but you don't want to ask questions like, do you like bread? Right. Because like outside of an allergy, of course you like bread. Or like, do you like pasta? <laughs> yes, um, absolutely. And so you want to ask the right kind of questions. And so uh, with us starting the new year and uh, everybody's thinking about New Year's resolutions and um, you seem like a motivated person. And so I thought, let's 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 talk about some like kind of new year, new me stuff. OK, cool. So uh, people usually take this uh, the first part of the year and they're like, yeah, new year, new me. And so they'll go and get like a, an extreme haircut or they'll like change their fashion up completely. Uh, can you give us a quick story of a time where you got a horrible, horrible haircut? Well, yeah, I mean, whether self-inflicted or by professional, I can't say self-inflicted. Thankfully, I know that was my sister. OK, my sister was the one okay. that took the scissors to her own hair and the Barbies. If you watch the actual like Barbie movie, there was that Barbie that the hair was all missing. And I laughed because like that I, we actually had that Barbie in our house. Thanks. That was not me. That was my sister. Um, but yeah, I had a bowl cut all. I mean, I think of like kindergarten, uh, first grade, second grade. I had the straight across bangs and mm. the straight up bob that, you know, it uh, it haunts me to this day. And I wish I could say I was I'd, I'd grown from that and learned from that. But no, there were other times in my life where I had, you know, depression bangs where I'd go back and like get mm. them cut into bangs and then regret it miserably. So um, bangs, that that's my my final answer. <laughs> <laughs> I'll allow it. Um, for those of you listening later uh, this week on our Instagram, uh, Nyla's going to send us some oh. pictures and we'll post all those for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Um, yeah. So mine is kind of similar. I, I don't think uh, I need to ask my mom. I don't think I ever took scissors to my own hair. But in the uh, this is the mid 90s, mm -hmm. um, like the, it was like kind of the rise of like skateboard culture. I remember. And so. Um, I don't know why. I, and I lived in the West Palm Beach area of Florida. And so um, like surf culture, uh, skate culture was getting really big. And all of my friends started getting uh, they called it a surfer cut. So it was like um, like skin up to like uh, like way above your ears. And then the rest of it, as far as I can remember, was just a bowl cut. And so and it kind of I. Yeah, well, mine didn't mine wasn't long enough to do whatever that motion was. Um, I wasn't cool enough for that. The like my it was one of those things too that like looking back my mom was like he's gonna hate this he's gonna hate this he's good but like I was persistent in asking for this surfer cut right. and so we go to the uh our uh she wasn't a barber she is just a hairstylist and um they give me this haircut and nine year old me is sobbing in this <laughs> this chair I'm like I hate it can you fix it oh my god it was it was it was a lesson that's uh looking back it was a lesson. And so if I can find pictures of my surfer cut, I will post it to the internet as well. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't for me that, and then the self-inflicted time was the day before it's not really a haircut the day before our wedding, uh, with, uh, my wife, I was trimming up my beard, oh, trying no. to look good. And I was trimming up my beard. Everything was going good. And at some point the guard either fell off or I took it off. And I just took a huge chunk out of my my right sideburn. And luckily, you can't really see it in any uh, wedding pictures. And with the way I was standing in the wedding, it was on my my good side. <laughs> so the worst. And uh, but, you know, now we've got memories. So <laughs> right. we can laugh about it now. 
It's not too oh, soon we anymore. Can. We can. Yeah, that's so funny. Okay. Um, yeah. So uh, for both of our sakes, let's not get uh, bangs or surfer cuts nope. anytime in the near future. Mm-mm. It's uh, for everyone's best. Okay. Um, again, we are at like New Year's. And so people, they like to, uh, they like to start dieting or do different mm-hmm. things like that. So this is outside of that. So okay. like any healthy part in your brain <laughs> needs to shut off right now. You seem like a rather healthy person, but what is your, uh, like, what is your comfort food? And again, like the furthest from health. What is that for you? Yeah. So I'm a Maryland girl. Um, this should surprise mm-hmm. no one, but soft shell crabs, corn on the cob, mm. full like butter, corn on the cob. Yeah. Crabs. <laughs> That's crabs, crabs in any form. Uh, crab cakes, crab balls, crab soup, crab uh, dip, crab. I mean, anything crab and I'm there. <laughs> And I know that's a walking stereotype of a Marylander, but we do like bleed old bay. Okay. It's real. <laughs> I know you've heard the rumors. It's true. For me, it's crabs. And I, and I, I don't even, my body doesn't even like crabs. Like they make me sick. Mm. Okay. I get stomach cramps. Okay, I, don't, okay. I, I might even have an allergy. I, I mm. but I don't care because I love them yeah. that much. They're so good. Yeah. Mm. I, I love that for you. More power to you. I am not a like a seafood anything no. kind of person. Not it's just not for me. But listen, we could be better friends because less for me, more for you. Yeah. Um. So you could eat all all the crabs. Um, Great. But yeah, uh, mine. I think I've been thinking about this a lot. Um. I actually think about food a lot, so it just all works out well. So uh, I was thinking and like. I, especially around this time of year, like we're just coming out of the holidays. I love just like an ungodly amount of mashed potatoes. Um, gravy, just, no gravy. Just potatoes. Yes. And okay. so okay. it just depends. It depends on what is happening, what the meal is. Right. Uh, but I'm not against it. Okay. So uh, yeah, pile on some, uh, some mashed potatoes anywhere. Yeah. I just think of any unhealthy food. Yeah. And that is my, my go-to comfort food. I so love I'll just love me some, some good mash. Some good crab. Do does mashed potatoes go with crab? Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Immediately. I'm like a double crab cake dinner with mashed potatoes on the side, maybe some green beans. Now we're talking. That oh my goodness. Yeah, that would be great. Let's go. So uh <laughs> at some point, uh, we will all meet up in Maryland. Our families will get together. Come visit. Yeah, we'll be besties. I can't wait for that. Yeah. All right. So that was first date round. If we were hanging out at first date, that'd be a great time. Cool. Um, then I would know with you where to take you on a second date uh, to get some crab cakes. Um, and I would know not to take you to the hair salon. So <laughs> there was an internet meme going around for a while. And it was like for every uh, beautiful girl with uh, like long, luxurious hair, there is a six-year-old yes. with a horrible bob. Yes. Um, so <laughs> okay, the, do you see the trauma? I still have long hair for this reason. Uh-huh. It looks, it, it's luxurious. Um, you probably use... I don't know uh, hair products, conditioners, and whatnot. Yeah, it looks great. Congratulations! So funny. <laughs> so, all right, so that was the first date round. That was a lot of fun. Uh, the next round, I call it the slow round. And so this is again, if we were talking the onion layers business, uh, then this is uh, this might be a little bit more back to therapy. Please don't be too mad. Um, uh-huh. But we'll work through this together. <laughs> sound good? Yeah, sounds good. Um, yeah. So. Uh, a lot of people, they again, they take the new year as a chance to start something new. Mm. Um, so starting sometimes can be a, a difficult step. If we're going to John Acuff, he's written a whole book about this. Yep. Um, but where do you find the guts to start? Yeah, I 
Look, I have always in my life found the guts to start by searching for the places that I am most afraid of. Um, Mm. I have learned to look at fear like a beacon that I should not run from, but instead walk towards. Very often in my life, when there are spaces where I'm feeling that hesitancy, right? It it turns out to be something I'm avoiding because I know it's a next step because I know it's meant for me. And so when it comes to getting the guts to start, I think that's really where I begin. It's the, okay, but start what? And taking that moment to Mm. pause and really evaluate where I am with my life. And I am a very futuristic thinker. When I took, I should like I should preface because I can go overboard with it. But when I took um, the Strengths Finders test, I was number one mm. was futurism, which I found was very weird because I didn't know anyone else who had gotten that. Um, but that's my number one. And so I like to take a look both at where I am and where I think I'm going. Right, the person that I am and the person I'm becoming. So if you're listening to this, I think before you even start, because a lot of people will say take action. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. That works for a lot of people. Uh, but I actually like to start with introspection, right? And to start mm. by saying, okay, where are you now? And who are you today? Who are you becoming? Um, giving yourself that opportunity to take your eyes off of the next step and instead lift your gaze to the horizon and to the potential of what could be waiting for you. Because just as, again, with my work with small business, it's very easy to get stuck and get lost in working in the business that you never actually get to work on the business. You never actually get to work kind of at the higher layer of looking at the holistic picture of an enterprise. The same happens in our lives, right? We get so busy on, uh, and I literally, I think about my my life week to week, uh, groceries, meal planning, laundry, dishes, kids. How's everyone doing? Being a good partner, being a good parent, Self-care, where does that fit, right? Like the day-to-day attempts at just trying to survive can often consume us if we don't first then take that opportunity at the start of what, a new year, a new quarter, however you want to look at it, to pause, to look up, to do so, I think, in gratitude, um, but also in hope of of what could be. So for me, getting the gut to move forward is taking that moment of introspection, evaluating where we are, where we're going. And then when we think about that horizon, when we actually peek our head up, that's where I encourage you to kind of look for those um, potential routes that spark a little healthy dose of fear. Because I think sometimes Mm. that's uh, a road that we are encouraged by our brains to avoid. However, I love a little dose of discomfort. I really do. I think as human beings, we actually work better when we are slightly uncomfortable in all faculties of life than we are when we try to cling to the comfort in our lives. Like vulnerability is a great example. I think of this podcast, like you could have done a podcast about anything, but you're asking questions that for some people, for many of us are slightly uncomfortable, slightly vulnerable, not a normal question I get asked on an episode, right? That's discomfort. So that's where I would begin. If I was you looking at the new year, wanting to get gutsy, wanting to start something new, Look within, peek your gaze up, look at the future, the horizon, and what the possibilities could be, and see if there are areas that ignite that healthy dose of fear within you and take the first step towards finding them, pursuing them. I am a big fan of that answer. Um, at, all the time with this podcast, uh, I have like just like a lot of them in the great span of life are really dumb fears. Um, but there's some that I've just like really learned to embrace. So, mm-hmm. uh, with this kind of uh, podcast, like I'm reaching out all the time, finding different people, uh, that are 
like, again, I found you on the internet. And so I just cold emailed you and somehow or another, I made it through the, uh, the filters and here we are and it's great. But like for so long, I was always so afraid of like just sending the email. And so the, I finally figured out that the worst thing that could happen is I get ghosted and the best thing that could happen is I, I get a guest and the medium thing that happens is they say no. And honestly, some of my favorite things that have happened with the show are getting no's. Um, my favorite no from 2023 uh, was Tony Hawk. And Tony Hawk never saw my <laughs> my email, right. but his people were, were kind enough to respond. And so like, you know what? I wrote Tony Hawk and somebody at Tony Hawk's corporation uh, took the time to write me back and say no. And so that, to me, that's a win. And so... <laughs> Uh, just to, like to level those fears that like what's the worst that's going to happen so uh, I like that and like looking at the big picture and uh, even with a little bit of fear taking those steps forward for sure so uh, you are one degree closer to Tony Hawk than you may have ever been before or, unless you're friends with Tony Hawk and he's a Maryland guy a word for me yeah he's a Maryland what? guy he did oh my goodness yeah I'll send you the link he actually drove we shut down our downtown in Annapolis um to do, he like did this massive uh, campaign and drove over top of our, like, uh, we have like a little, we call it Ego Alley because it's all the big boats, big yachts will go through there because they have ego, you know, and really mm-hmm. they have no business parking there. Anyway, we shut it down so he could drive a car over top of it. Yeah. I'll send you the video. It's Tony, Tony, um, <laughs> he's really beloved here actually in Maryland, really well-respected and beloved him and his whole family. As he should be. Yeah. He's one of those guys that like will randomly pop up on the internet and he's just like a nice guy yeah. all the time. Oh, yeah. And if anybody has any hate against Tony Hawk, I don't want to hear it. I just want to <laughs> believe that there's some good guys that want to skateboard and uh, make great skateboarding video games yeah. that I enjoy when I was 12. Of course. So, all right. Um, so again, we're here in the new year and uh, people are setting New Year's resolutions. Are you a, a resolution setter? Okay. Oh gosh. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, I used to be, um, and 2020 mm-hmm. really ruined it for me. So I, I used to do, um, year, uh, word of the year. This was my big thing. So it wasn't so much a resolution. It was a word of the year. And I did it every single year from the time I was, I don't know, young, like high school, college, always picked a word of the year. It was kind of a mantra. I would try to embody it. And I did a lot of cool things with my words of the year. One year I was fearless. That was my word. I went and that year I got a tattoo. I went bungee jumping. I did all of these things. I truly like embody the word. That was my my motto. Now in 2020, I decided to get metaphorical and that was a mistake. Um, Big mistake. (laughs) You're about to blame me in a minute for everything that happened. So in December of 2019, I announced my word of the year. There's proof of this on the internet because people now go, you're lying. Nope. Proof on the internet. Go look it up. 2019, (laughs) December, I announced my word of the year. And I, you know, I said, 2020, the word of the year is home. Oh, It's home. (laughs) I meant it metaphorically. I meant home as in like, (laughs) I wanted to embody, like, what is home? We sold our house. We were going to go on a nomadic road trip for all of 2020. (laughs) Literally, we rented a suburban. We did. We got, I mean, pretty far. We got until March and then we all know what happened in March. But I chose my word of the year as home. And then sure enough, three months in, we were confined to our homes for the entirety of the year. So, you know, I made plans. God laughed, took my word a little too seriously. And here we are. So since then, no, I actually have not um, done a resolution. 
or a word of the year. But you know, 2024, maybe I'll bring it back. Maybe I will have recovered enough. There'll be enough distance between me and 2020 to where I'm willing to try again. We'll see. Okay, so uh, let's reframe the question a little bit. <laughs> um, uh, just based on who you are, I can tell that you're a goal setter. I am. And so yes. um, if you want to call it a New Year's resolution or a goal or whatever, um, the there is a tenacity to sticking with it. Yes. And so you are a person who has, you've, there's a lot of people who they set a goal, but just based on your, your bio, you've actually done the things. Mm -hmm. How do you stick with things? How do you, how do you keep going until the project's done? What is that for you? Oh, for me personally, I think I have an unwillingness to give up when things get hard. Hmm. I don't know that it's always been there. I do think it's partially a little bit of who I am. I also though think that I had some really incredible examples in my life. I was raised by a single mom and she sacrificed absolutely everything for my sister and I. Growing up, it was my mom, my sister and I, three girls against the world. And you know, she went back to school so that she could send both of us to, um, you know, a Christian Catholic school um, in my area. And we had no business paying that tuition every month. And she figured out how to make it happen because she cared. She really mm. wanted to give us the best that she could. And that applied to everything from, you know, figuring out how to coach our sports, even though I was terrible. She she didn't care. She tried. She did everything. And so I, I witnessed growing up. um, I think a really beautiful example of resilience in my mom. And so for me, I, it's multi-layered, but for me, it really comes down to one, wanting to ensure that the sacrifices she made were worth it. Yeah. Like realizing that my own accomplishments are not my own, but rather in a way I'm standing on the shoulders of all the people who came before me, especially all the women who came before me. And I have a responsibility to them right? To make them proud. And I, mm -hmm. I really do think about that more often than I probably should. <laughs> Therapy. Yeah, I do. I really, I think about it all the time. Like when I make decisions, I'm like, you know, I think about it to the point where there's actually a story in Gutsy where I talk about, you know, my grandmother, um, one of the last conversations that I ever had with her, and I debated putting this in the book, I, I wrote it and then I sent it in for first draft. And when it came back to me, I wanted an excuse to take it out, right? Like it felt a little bit too vulnerable, but I left it. And the the conversation and why it's relevant, I um, I ended one of the last, truly, I think it might've been the last, but one of the last conversations I had with my grandmother by asking her, you know, I, I really hope you're proud of me, my mom. Like, mm. I really hope I make you proud. And I was searching for validation and approval, right? Like I was just out here seeking some sign that I was on the right track. And I'll never forget, you know, she said to me, um, make yourself proud. Like, you don't mm -hmm. need to make me proud. You need to set out and make yourself proud. And I talk about this in Gutsy. You know, I think for me, then that was a challenge um, to really clarify my values. Like, what does that even mean? How do I make myself proud? And, and gaining that clarity, building that foundation of values, and then assessing my life decisions, not by what will the world think? But instead, because I know who I am, what will truly 
be the right decision that I can look back on and be proud that I made, right? And, and clarifying those values for me, empathy, collectivism, um, integrity, like those are, those are actual core values that I assess my decisions by. And so I say all of that to say, like, I think that it's a mixture of factors, but I, I am not an easy quitter, almost to a fault. Um, I will fight and hang on and do whatever I have to do to follow through on a promise or uh, live up to those values that I talked about. And, you know, um, doesn't always mean it's ending in a success either, right? Like I have done a lot of things that I thought I was convinced it would be a big success and it wasn't, you know, it failed. But like we talked about with swinging the bat and getting back up over and over and over again until you hit your home run, I think when you are willing to be resilient, when you're willing to have that tenacity, when you're not afraid of making a fool of yourself and failing over and over again and failing publicly, um, I think you you learn enough about yourself along the way to where um, you just keep getting back up and you succeed yeah. not because you're the best, but you succeed because you're not ever going to stop trying. And there's a huge difference. I'll say one last thing to this. Yeah. You know, speaking of my mom, I'll never forget. So um, my my mom's brilliant. She really is. She's a brilliant woman. And um, she sent my sister and I both to Ivy League schools. And I remember... Uh, my sister went to Princeton. I went to Penn and I will never forget, you know, my, my first semester at Penn, I was like, mom, these kids, I, I, they're brilliant. Like they're brilliant. And I'm not like, I don't, they don't study and they're getting A's. I don't, I really don't understand why I'm here. I don't belong here. And I'll never forget. She said, you know, now I was never the smartest, but I worked the hardest. And there's something to be said for the person who, even though they might not have the natural talent of the person next to them, never stops trying, never stops running their race, is always willing, perhaps not to have that natural ability, but but doesn't matter because they will outwork anybody. And I'm still working on the therapy side of that when it never ends, right? <laughs> like the workaholic side. And that's actually like one of the yeah. things I struggle with. But I remember that and it really stuck with me. And so- she turned something that I first felt was shame around maybe not being as good as somebody else. Mm -hmm. And instead she turned it into a point of pride of, but I'm willing to work for it. I'm willing mm -hmm. to keep showing up. I wake up every morning, you know, like way earlier than I probably need to, but why? Because I want to, um, you know, do certain things that I can't if I sleep in or, um, yeah, just building a lifestyle around a willingness to do the work, I think, um, has been a result of that. So yeah, work in progress, but okay. it's my honest answer. <laughs> For sure. So in that, there's people that are listening to this that they, they're probably feeling stuck or mm -hmm. they feel like they keep trying to get up, but like, they're like, they're going for bunts and they're missing bunts and the swinging anatomy or not anatomy. What is that word I'm thinking of? I can't think of it. It doesn't matter. But like, they're like, they're, they feel like they just like, they can't even get up to yeah. go to the thing. So for people that are struggling, uh, like for all the listeners out there, like what is, you've got, uh, 12, 13 years of professional you that you've mm -hmm. been doing all this stuff. Like what's a, like a solid piece of advice for somebody who maybe they just like, if it's the resolutions, they're not holding on to the resolutions or if it's their, um, their goals, they're just having, having problems like following through with their goals. What's a piece of advice you give them? Yeah. So I'm going to lean on science here and actually say that momentum is one of the most powerful forces in the universe. And any object that is in motion will want to stay in motion. 
So one of the things that I really recommend if you are feeling stuck is to start by figuring out how to artificially rewrite the narrative of your day such that you see yourself making accomplishments and strides towards a future goal. And I use this hack with myself as someone who I've struggled with depression. I've struggled with anxiety. I, uh, it's, no, it's no secret to anyone who follows me. I talk about mental health all the time. But I have uncovered that in my seasons of true struggle, if I make a to-do list and the first three things on that to-do list are get out of bed, get dressed, eat breakfast. And I accomplish those three things and I am able to physically check mark those items on my to-do list. I can say by 9am that I've actually accomplished something. And there is a powerful feeling that you will begin to feel when you acknowledge that you have accomplished something. It's no different than what I would have done anyway, but now I am noting it and I am creating a positive feedback loop that is telling myself, no, I can do this. I can accomplish the things I set out to accomplish. And you can go from feeling like, well, I didn't do anything today to, wow, I actually did accomplish some of the things I set out to do. And it's incredible how when you create these mechanisms, these positive feedback loops for yourself, even in the most simple of ways, that you can transform your own perception of your momentum in your life. And I like it, it sounds so simple. And to somebody listening, you might be like, that is so silly and so stupid. But to somebody else, you're going to go try this and you're going to look back six from six months from now. And you're going to say, I don't even recognize who I was six months ago. I'll give you I'll give you another example. Yeah. So after I had my daughter Harlow, I um, you know, had preeclampsia with both my pregnancies. Postpartum has always been brutal for me. I am not someone that uh, would give birth and then feel like myself for years afterwards. And after Harlow was mm. born, I really was struggling. I write about it in Gutsy. I get real vulnerable in Gutsy. I won't do that today. But um, all I will say is that I really didn't feel like me. And so I decided to start creating these kind of positive feedback loops with very simple things. How many steps can I get over the course of a day? Okay. So that became, I need to get out for one walk. If I can just get out for one walk, get out in the sunshine, it's going to help me feel better. Push the baby in the stroller, one walk. Well, one walk turned into, I really love this. Let me do two walks a day, which turned into when I went back from maternity leave, I want a walking pad and a standing desk because mm. I was doing you know, for the first time in my life, 10,000 steps a day and feeling better. So great. I'm going to start doing that, which then led into, well, what supplement should I be taking? Cause I probably am low in vitamin D and I should, I should try that. And then all of a sudden, um, two years later, I'd lost 95 pounds without doing any sort of attempt at weight loss, just by trying to eat better, trying to walk more, trying to take care of myself. Suddenly I feel better. And I look back and it was not, again, I, many times in my life, I had tried to do all these other things. And I tried to run after the goal instead of just creating these feedback loops for myself, this momentum for myself to where it was a self-fulfilling prophecy in a sense of uh, working with my own psychology to feel capable of the very things that perhaps in the past I didn't know if I could accomplish, but not doing it overnight and not trying to do it overnight and not setting goals that were impossible to achieve, which is something a lot of us fall into in the new year. We'll set these big goals with either no plan to get there or they're goals we never could have accomplished in the amount of time that we set out to accomplish them, setting ourselves up for failure and thereby only feeling worse at the end of it. And so I think it's like these bite-sized steps. And if all you do today, and I want you to hear this, if all all you do today is what I said in those first three check marks. You get out of bed, right? You get dressed and you eat breakfast. If you can start there, if you can celebrate 
the accomplishments that you are already doing, if you can take the time to work on the relationship that you have with yourself such that you recognize that right now in this moment, you are enough, right as you are. And from there, you can continue to grow into whoever you need to be, whoever you want to be. But you don't have to feel defeated in this moment. You can learn to be grateful and find all of the reasons why you woke up and you took a breath. And that alone is a miracle. When you can start to do that and see things through a different lens and you heal that relationship with yourself, that's where, right? Like that momentum begins. And suddenly you keep doing that with discipline, with consistency, with all of the other things that so many other great, um, you know, books and theorists and self-help gurus out there can coach you through. You do those things though, day after day after day. And suddenly you'll look back and I look back and my daughter just turned two and I, I'm 33. I am the healthiest I've ever been. I feel the best that I've ever felt. And all it was, was just starting with, I need to get up out of bed. I need to get dressed and I've got to eat breakfast. If I can do that, I can do something else tomorrow. Great. Maybe I'll go for a walk. Great. Maybe I'll go for two walks. Great. Maybe I need to, you know, get some vitamin D. Great. And all of a sudden those things start to compound. And suddenly the first three things on my to-do list aren't get up, get out of bed, right? Get dressed, have breakfast. It changes because I grow mm -hmm. and I, and I start from that place of just embracing the here and now. And so I don't know if that will resonate with someone, but, um, you know, well, it did with me. I was trying to think of a hack for the system while you were talking to, <laughs> I was thinking about how can I have breakfast in bed? Oh my um, god! I just wanted to mix up the steps a little bit. If you like, if you know me at all, it, uh, my wife and, uh, I used to travel a lot with my brother. Um, like everybody's got a rule that knows me that if I don't eat breakfast, like it's just game over for everybody. You get hangry Mike, hangry Mike's not great. No one. So that's, those are good check marks, especially for me. But I was thinking about like going to sleep dressed mm. and then having breakfast in bed. And then all you got to do is get out. So I don't know. That's just dumb ADD Mike. Um, but what? it's all good. Um, all right. So uh, on the podcast, we ask everybody a question and it could be something really big, like you have uh, discovered a new neuroscience, or it could be something really small, like you just figured out how to uh, braid your hair differently. But what's something you're learning right now? Ooh, something I'm learning right now. Um, I think I'm learning just how much I love reading fiction. I mm. have digested, so like this year, which if you're listening to this, it would be last year. So 2023. I've read 50, it'll be 55 books probably by the end of January. Mm -hmm. And I had never, I'm telling you, I went from zero to 55. So I think I'm uncovering Yo. my love of fiction and um, I really love fantasy. I'm really getting into, mm -hmm. um, yeah, like world building, politics, dragons. Fun. I mean, things I never of course. thought I'd be yeah. into, but here mm -hmm. I am obsessed. So I'm, I'm learning to fall back in love with reading fiction specifically. Um, my wife. Yeah, yeah, it's super fun. So I, I would imagine that on some level you and I are like, I work in a church and so there's a bunch of like church, like, like mentorship books and like how to like lead people better. And like, the, there's the leadership side of uh, right. all that stuff. So like you read all these like nonfiction, not self-help books, but like leadership and right. mentorship and all this kind of stuff books. And, uh, I don't know what happened, but it was the end of last year. I had a buddy who's like, hey, you got to check out uh, this uh, book. It's by a guy named Brandon Sanderson. And <laughs> I was like, 
Are, are you a, a brand the Sanderverse? Fan? Yeah, I haven't dipped my toe in yet, but I'm 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 very familiar because it's on my it's I'm heading that direction. It's, I know it's on my listen. TBR, so to be read list. Well, yeah. So I am a yeah TBR. <laughs> um, I I like I pulled up. I listen to audiobooks. That's my uh-huh. like my best way to intake Me anything. Too. So um, I uh, I was like this book is 24 hours of uh, reading and uh, there's seven of them and they're all like 20 to like the, so that was just like the first set of books. And so I listened to all those. And then just recently uh, he's got another series and the books are genuinely 48 hours a piece. And so, um, but you know what? Doing dishes and folding laundry has never been more satisfying I know. than, uh, I'm just deep in the, uh, the, I don't, uh, the Cosmere. It's what they call it. So I love it. Yeah. I haven't gotten, I know he, that Sanderson's like a whole realm. I haven't yet been able to commit that fully, but I've been doing, like I did all of the Sarah J Moss books, love them all. Um, mm-hmm. just did fourth wing and iron flame, 10 out of 10. I loved it. Um, go for it. Yeah. They're all, I mean, I'm, it's fun. I love it. I, so like my wife has been like kind of on some of those, I don't, yeah. I don't know exactly what she's listening to, but I'm like, babe, please just, please just listen to one of these brands. <laughs> like, I, like I want that for us. Be like, put down the Colleen Hoover and come join yeah. us on the nerd side of things. The yeah. Hoover verse. Yeah. So there's yeah. a, there's a lot of, a lot of good stuff out there. That's fun. I'm happy for you that you found something that you enjoy too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like, it, and like, this is like a serious side of that. Like, I feel like sometimes there's like the pressure to like, are you reading good to great right now? How many times have you um, listened to, uh, I'm trying to think of other like big business books. And I'm like, yeah, I've, I've done those things. And I, I'm like, how many John Maxwell books have you conquered? I'm like, <laughs> Love John Maxwell. Them. Okay. But hold up, hold up. I want to call something out in this because this was a learning I had too, which is everyone's reading those books. Okay. So here's something, you know, you, if you want to be really good in business, great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Read all those books. You want to be great. Start reading things that no one else is reading. Start learning mm-hmm. from places and people that no one else is learning from. Um, yeah. I learned this in my, in, when I was doing more of the art practice side of things at Penn, um, you know, an extension of, so I did a degree in visual studies and I actually studied the neuroscience of seeing the psychology of seeing the neuroscience of seeing our visual cortex, the whole thing, like how we see from a photon all the way through neurons firing in the back of the skull, at the visual cortex. I map like that was my entire degree. However, an extension of that was art, art making and art history. And that was my biggest uh-huh. learning. My biggest learning was the greatest artists of all time would pull inspiration, not necessarily from their peers, but from the mm. most abstract of places. And so in business, you want to do something no one's ever done. You want to be an innovative leader. Start learning from places and spaces outside of your own. And I actually quote a fantasy book in Gutsy because one of the premises that the female protagonist really references in a moment of hardship hit me so hard that I thought, okay, I know this is fiction. I know that no one else who's reading self-help most likely will have read this chapter and seen it in this way, but I need to take this metaphorically and transform it. And um, I did. I included the quote in my book and people who have read it, I can't tell you how many emails I get. I really can't tell you how many emails I get that are like, I cannot believe you included that quote in your book, right? Like I read that book and I couldn't believe it, but it was perfect. And and um, I say that to say like, don't be afraid to also though, find these unique spaces where you can learn, um, yeah. you know, the skills yeah, that, I, so you know. In that context, you're, you're bringing yourself and your experiences to the table. Yeah. And so 
uh, if you experience different things that maybe other people haven't, then you've got a unique perspective. I love that. Yeah. Natalie, how dare you be so fun? All right. We are at uh, the last round of the podcast. It's my favorite round of the podcast. You've got your your three by fives and your pen ready there. She's ready, ready. to go. She's, she's got it. Um, so these are going to be five this or that style questions. And we'll see if maybe you and I are alike. So we've okay. like, we've related to the whole world now. Like you've, yep. uh, you've laid your soul bare in so many ways. And, um, uh, but this is just fun. This is you and me. Let's see if maybe you and me are, are similar. Okay. okay. So you ready for this? Yeah. So I just write uh, down then, which one. Yes, ma'am. And then we'll reveal them at the same time. You ready cool. for this? Yeah. Ready. I should have prepared you more. My bad. All right. Would you rather go skydiving or paragliding? Skydiving hmm. or paragliding? Okay. All right. Here we go. Three, two, one. I put paragliding. What do you got? Skydiving. She put skydiving. I actually signed up Any to reason? go skydiving and it, the weather was too bad. So that's why I went bungee jumping because they, they didn't want to refund me. So they said, you can apply it to something else. I went bungee jumping, but I was supposed to skydive. So one day I will. Yeah, I I have been skydiving you have? and like, yeah. So like people have their bucket list and their unbucket list. Bungee jumping for some reason is on my unbucket list. Mm -hmm. um, I don't like. It's just like I've got that fear of human error, yep. and I know it's the same with skydiving. But the thing, and you can tell me if this is true because you're the first person I've met that's actually bungee jumped. Yeah. When you got to the bottom, like, was it like the most intense chiropractic experience ever? <laughs> like, did all your vertebrae just pop at once? <laughs> Um, that's what I want to know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just say I haven't done it again. So, uh, okay. Not a fan. One okay. And done. That's good to know. Yeah. Uh, I would go skydiving again. Uh, my wife doesn't love the idea of me going skydiving. I know. Again. I want to wait till my kids are much older and no longer relying yeah. on me. I've, you know, but yes. Yeah. 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 The, um, but paragliding was just like, oh, that'd be a fun new experience. And I feel like it, it lasts a while. Yeah. Um, so it's like, oh, this would be a fun, like, especially like I would like to do it in like New Zealand or something insane like that. Yeah. It sounds good. All right. Keep it going. Uh, would you rather you are in Maryland, you are near DC. So you have a lot of both of these. Okay. Would you rather go to an art museum or a history museum? Oh. Based on our photon talk recently, I feel like I know the answer. Here we go. Three, two, one. I put history. She put Art. art. <laughs> who are your favorite artists oh my gosh um look i've always loved the impressionists but that's partially because i have okay. terrible vision so i see the world like an impressionist painting um <laughs> but you know I, I honestly have fallen in love i think there are so many really extraordinary female artists now that i've actually like in follow have purchased art from teal duncan um blakely little kim hovell uh they're <laughs> Look those ladies up. They're amazing. They're my favorite. So the modern time that you can do. actually buy their art, I think it's going to be worth a lot one day. They're very talented. All right. To my credit, I will say in the last two or three years, I've been to more art museums than the rest of my life combined. Yeah. And I've, I've gained a little bit of respect for it. There's, it's insane what people can do. I know. That like, so just for fun, like, can you paint and, or like, is there any visual art that you can do? Photography. I'm very good at photography. I, I ran a wedding photography business for a decade. So that I'm pretty good at video content creation. I'm pretty good at, but nothing with my actual hands. I've never been good at, um, like drawing, painting, anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. You've seen my handwriting twice now. So you get <laughs> that that is not, not how the Lord decided to bless me on that. And so, um, yeah, uh, RIP to that, but uh, yeah, I can take pictures and video too, but I've always been jealous of people that can 
like just imagine something in their brain and then make it. I know. That's I know. One of these days. Um, you've sent me answered this before. Okay. Um, so but I'm gonna ask it anyway because I've got it written down. Are you a morning person or a night person? Mm. Is she a night owl or a morning worm? All right. Here we go. Three, two. I went night. What morning. do you got? Morning. She's morning. got morning. So we're apparently complete Have opposites. Which would make us great Basically. friends. Because you also don't eat crabs. So, you know, like <laughs> I think I'm sensing a theme. All right. What's our next uh, one? What do we got, Mike? Uh, all right. Here I'm we ready. go. One more. Here we go. Oh, so you are a mom of young children. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. I am like kind of in that realm still. Um, would you rather your children watch Bluey or Miss Rachel? <gasps> How? I'm sorry. How dare you make me decide? How? Oh, Dare Easily. you? This is an easy choice for me. I know it's it. Look, I'm going to give the honest answer here, but it mm -hmm, is hard because mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. have a love for both. OK, I went bluey. bluey Where'd you go? Bluey. You have to go yeah. bluey. <laughs> you have to go bluey. <laughs> bluey makes me cry. I can't even tell you. Oof. Obsessed. And they're coming out apparently in 2024. 28 minute episodes is what I heard. They're coming out with longer ep bluey episodes. Mm hmm. Yeah. Um. I will tell you about this idea. I've got an idea for a like a new project uh, at some point, and yeah. it was partially inspired by Bluey. And it's um, it just it's so good. It's so good. Like they they absolutely make that show for parents, mm -hmm. and then like they sprinkle in kids stuff. But like I I uh, cried at episodes. I don't want to talk about it. Like how <laughs> this is therapy for me now. Um, the the baby race episode where she's talking about that's um, when I cried that's uh, literally when she's on the stoop uh, and the friend comes over and she's like oh yeah I nope. have like eight kids I mean nine but like you're doing fine oh I just wept I wept it yeah. was not unnecessary that is uh -huh. or there's a whole episode where the dad is on his phone the whole episode uh -huh. and like at the end the kids take pictures I'm like that messed me up I know I deleted TikTok and Instagram <laughs> and Facebook that day and then oh, yeah. man all right Whew. again I, I think we're even on therapy now. <laughs> Sound good? Probably. <laughs> All right, last one. Uh, we're back to junk food. Uh, okay. Would you rather eat cookies or cake? Oh, easy. I feel like we're going to be opposite now because... I don't know why, but here we go. I put cake. What do you got? Cookies. Cookies, cookies. <laughs> all day long. I've hated cake since you... I was a kid. I know. I was you, a weirdo. Are you serious? Yeah, I never... I asked my mom, like, please never get me cake for my birthday. So she would do cookie cakes because it was just a giant cookie. Mm -hmm. So yeah. that's, I've always um, been that way. Or ice cream. I love ice cream cakes, but not actual cake. Well, there you have it. Yeah. Uh, our nine-year-old, I think he's like you. He's like, I'm not a cake guy. Yeah. And this is like when, this is years ago. He's like, yeah, I'm just not a cake guy. We're like, who is this <laughs> six-year-old telling us he's not a cake guy? So, but we do the same stuff for him now. He's just like, hey, I'm not a cake guy. So. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's fun. All right, Natalie, today has been like genuinely like all over the map of emotion and like it it's such a good episode um i'm gonna put this at the beginning telling everybody how good of an episode it is so they listen all the way through because like they're it's so good um and today there's people that um they may not have heard of you before mm -hmm. or um and they they want to find out more about you they want to pick up gutsy and they want to uh, read your other books too so for people that are they're just getting introduced to you like, what's a great way for them to get connected to you? Absolutely. So you can find me anywhere on the internet. My name is Natalie Frank. And so, you know, it's nataliefrank.com, but also Instagram is where I tend to spend 
more of my time. I'm also trying to scale back on social media a little bit. So I would say at Natalie mm-hmm. Frank on Instagram. Uh, but please don't be a stranger. I mean, I mean this really genuinely. I love being able to connect with people. So if something today resonated with you or you pick up the book and it just sparks something in you, send me a DM. Like, let me know how I can help. Let me know how I can support you. And Mike, thank you so much for having me on the show. I am so grateful. And yeah, this was a lot of fun. Oh, this was great. And for everyone listening, thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time here on Maybe You're Like Me. Bye, guys. 